Time for the morning brief. Scott Reed is here, CTV political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Nice to have you, sir. Well, good morning, John. Not very nice news to kick the morning off there. Certainly hoping that uh, that that no one is seriously injured. But my gosh, yeah. um, until your work week. And I'm just waiting on the first person who's going to tweet. Welcome to Olivia Chow's Toronto, uh, folks. She's not been sworn in yet, so it's not really Olivia Chow's Toronto. It's our Toronto. Um, speaking of stupid things on Twitter, I was curious about your thoughts. I had uh, tweeted out on the weekend, uh, federal party leader engages in cowboy cosplay at the Calgary Stampede and looks like a pathetic poser. Which one am I talking about? And not surprisingly, Scott, everybody had these divergent reactions. Rather, um, Pierre Polyev was hunky and uh, totally in, in, they were in his thrall, or the same thing for Justin Trudeau, or the two of them looked like clowns. But it was just this hyper-partisan framing that I guess, you know, some leaders can never do any wrong or some can never do anything right. Well, it's, it's where our politics are these days. But, you know, I, I used to work for a prime minister and we would, you know, go out to the stampede and it's a political um, it's a political standard. It's, uh, you know, something that everybody does in July. All the party leaders trump out there. You have your flapjack breakfasts and um, and people cheer you and people jeer you uh, and you must get dressed up. And it is a slight if you don't. And so you you see how comfortable folks are in the gear, who can pull it off and who cannot. If I was going to circle one thing about the politics of this past weekend, you know, we saw the prime minister sprayed himself with flapjacks and, you know, you get these idiots on social media go, well, there you go. He's not a real man or whatever have you. Polyev, though, talked about, you know, you might think about cosplay. He talked about his working class cosplay on the weekend, about how he used to work on the grounds of the of the stampede and he'd be picking up garbage. And, and then he referred to the government and its members of parliament as garbage that he would soon also be throwing out. First of all, this guy grew up in Ontario. I'm sure he must have worked on the fairgrounds at some point. But don't call your opponents garbage. Can, can, can we just, can we, can we level up that high? Can we say, you know, I vehemently disagree with these people I, I i desperately wish to you know replace them in government i think their ideas are wrong but you know like if we call people that we disagree with garbage then we're going to make our politics worse not better and it's just it's a small thing and people are going to go oh you're a gray old man but i just it just drove me crazy don't call your opponents trash don't call them garbage uh i think that that reflects worse on you than it does on them um, back to crime in our city and innocent victims. And again, we're only learning what happened this morning as the minutes tick by. Ashley will be here at 630 with more. But this uh, story of a mother who was killed at the age of 44 in the crossfire of apparently three guys, two guns um, is devastating. It is devastating. And, you know, it. it um we shouldn't be wandering around the city saying, oh, well, you know, that was just a gangbanger when someone dies and you go, oh, it was a 22-year-old kid who was firing at another 22-year-old kid and it's all just gang warfare. But the unfortunate truth is that it's when an innocent victim gets hit that people go, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, oh, now I'm going to take notice. And, you know, your heart and stomach turn when you hear this story. Um but it's it's also a reminder that others are getting shot and there's too much gun violence and it doesn't seem like we have an integrated strategy to deal with it that we need more policing for sure um that we need more social supports that we need <clears throat> i can't imagine the effort that it must be taken to infiltrate gang 
uh, you know, you know, sort of gang life because it's such an insular world. So how do you put somebody undercover? How do they get it take years and years of intelligence? But I don't think there's one answer. I think there's six, seven, eight answers. And I think unfortunately some of them take years in the making. I just hope we're contributing to it because uh, I, I'd love to be in a world where we're reporting this less and less rather than more than more. The Toronto Police Service is shutting down a bar it was operating in its headquarters. And I guess there's different ways to reflect on this, Scott. It, but it, for me anyway, it just seemed really old school. You know, the idea, hey, everybody, we're going to have a bar inside police headquarters. Well, it's it's simply brain dead. I mean, it's just it's just brainless. The place that is asked, the, the building that is the symbol of law enforcement, of honoring and upholding our laws, is in a place where people like stand around, have a drink, and then you know, go and break the law. This literally occurred in this instance. And so as soon as that guy was arrested, it, it you know, it was unsustainable. My only question is, why is the decision being taken now? Why wasn't this decision taken months or a year ago when this when this happened? I just, uh, it's kind of a head shaker. Not like I'm a prude. I'm not from the temperance society. I love to have a beer. Wasn't too long ago. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was having a beer with about six or seven cops. But um don't like in the headquarters it's at, where it's unsupervised where you're going to get somebody who's going to leave from police headquarters pie-eyed if nothing else is it's an absolutely um monumental uh political risk so just don't do it goodbye okay and this next story is really one of the toughest it's the uh, city of winnipeg which at some point today will probably move in and remove indigenous protesters from outside of a landfill but the issue is Inside that landfill, in all likelihood, are two, if not three, murder victims. And it was simply decided, I guess somebody got out a piece of paper and a pencil and did the math and said it's going to take three years and $200 million to search for the bodies, and we don't know if we're going to find them. So, you know, but imagine the horror of one of your loved ones being in a landfill. Yeah, you know, and I've been in government and you've been confronted uh, at times with horrible choices where the hard math of something um, makes doing the right thing seem impossible. But I just don't think that this is a sustainable decision. I, I recognize the cost is extraordinary. Um, and I recognize that there's no um, guarantee that the the remains will be found but we can't as a nation talk as we have the last 15 years of reconciliation we can't you know uh do these uh land recognition um in front of our you know uh, speeches every time we speak and and be taken seriously if we're going to say yeah we know there could be dead women here um killed because of their indigenous status but we're going to do less rather than more in order to find them. I just don't think it's a sustainable decision. So um, they'll break up the protest, but the problem isn't going to go away and it's going to chase the provincial government there uh, a good long time and it'll get reversed. It just, it, it will have to. Thank you, sir. I know it's a, that's a tough one to comment on, but appreciate it. That's Scott Reed, former advisor to prime minister, Paul Martin.